Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about perennial plants, which I think are a necessity in every garden, as they provide such an amazing range of colours, textures and shapes to work with. What exactly are perennial plants? Keith's about to tell us that, and we're also going to divulge the names of our top 10 favourite perennials. So, Keith, what is a perennial plant? Okay. Well, it's a plant that persists for several years, and it usually comes with new herbaceous growth from a perinating part of the plant. What, what is perinating? Well, sorry, it's, it's actually it's actually from the Latin. So it's uh, from the Latin. It's perinatus from perinare, from per, and anus. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which is, which is, we're talking about the... Perennis. Uh, so, so it's annu- annuous, basically, annuous. Oh, okay. Annuous. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that, so it's a plant that, that will produce um, le- uh, stems and foliage and flowers, and then it will die back during the winter period, but remain alive in the ground. So okay. that's basically what a perennial plant is. So it's going to live for more than, more than two years at least. Okay. Can you also explain what a, herba- a herbaceous perennial plant is? Because that's slightly different form, movement. Slightly, all right. So an example of a herbaceous plant would be um, a tree peony, for instance. Right, yes. All right? And that's a perennial. Okay, so... It, um, and another one, another, another good example, and, and of course this is the largest of all the perennials, is the banana plant. Oh, oh. All right? And that's also a, a perennial. And it's all, this is known as the largest herbaceous plant. Perennial plant, right? yeah. Yep. So it dies back right down to nothing. So you see I mean, nothing and then... Yep, and and then it'll, it'll come back again. And you think you've killed something and then, all the, oh, I haven't killed it, it's coming back. No, and that's, that, and that's, that's why... problem. <laughs> if you're going to have perennials, you, you really need to mark them in some way. Put because, a stake you know, in. Put a stake in. Here it is in the middle of the garden. I'm going to put a stake in. Just as you... Just as, when you're cutting them back, for instance, put a stake in. Yes, I'm, I've learned because that. Because otherwise you put a mulch, put, you know, half a... Put something uh, else yeah, on top and then, uh, oh, what have we got? the over the top, but that's it, they're gone. Yeah, no, they won't come I back know. from that. Well, won't, why won't they? Because won't they still come back from under the mulch? They can rot in underneath ah, the mulch. Ah, so you've yeah. got to leave a, sort of a circle you, or an area as to where yeah. they, the mulch is. Yeah. <gasps> and that's where the new rosette will form. And, of course, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of um, salvias, for instance, will actually um, produce the new rosette as the old part is, is yes. starting to go in, into into dormancy, yes, and that's a great way to know how to how to cut it back because you cut it back to that new right, rosette, to the rosette yeah. and it's there, and you know not to cover it over. Yeah. But of course, there's a lot of plants like uh, echinacea, for instance, or yes. radicchias, yes. these sort of things, just totally die back. Yes, and you can't see them. Yes, you know? yes, yep, yep. I'm learning all of this over the last couple of years. I've learned so much from you. Thank you. Now, why would we use perennial plants in the garden? There's lots and lots of reasons. Mm. Use them for the foliage and the form. And most of all for their flower dis- displays, because these plants are capable of flowering for an enormously long periods. And as I said to you earlier, you cut back the perennial before the autumn equinox, so that the sap flow will go continue to be put into the flowers. Okay, so that's that's as a general rule, isn't it? That's a general rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. I mean, deadheading the, the 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 flowers will also, you know, create that. That um, that regrowth as well. Because sometimes it's nice to leave. Isn't it nice to leave that autumn colour, autumn 
Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, that's something that I, that I particularly love about, particularly with grasses, for yeah. instance, perennial grasses. I love to see that, that, that overwintering. But if we let them go, but if we don't cut them back, is that going to be a problem? Because we shouldn't be cutting them back before the autumn equinox. Um, no, 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 no. No, Elizabeth, you're on the wrong track here. You, well, I am. I'm me. I'm confused totally. <laughs> oh. <what> you're asking. <laughs> okay. No. So, so you, if if a if a plant is looking like it's spent, mm. then you can cut it back before the autumn equinox. And to give you an idea, the autumn equinox, I think, for this year was, uh, well, last year was actually about the twenty first or the twenty second of March. Okay. So you cut it back before the autumn equinox, yeah, and then that will give you another flush of flush of flowers. Okay, okay, thank you. I see what so you mean. You get that. that you get that last flush of flowers. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Sorry, listeners. I hope I haven't confused you all as well. <laughs> um, now, what conditions do perennial plants prefer, or does it vary? Okay, a huge number of perennials are actually from the Mediterranean regions, and they are basically drought tolerant once they've established, making them perfect. You know, for our Australian conditions, but the growing range is enormous, from full sun even to even to, to quite heavy shade. Mm. So perennials are the most forgiving plants to put into your garden. You just got to do a little bit of research on them, yeah. or, you know, Google them or whatever else, yeah. and they'll, they'll, you'll, you'll get all the information you need need for them there. That's okay. for sure. Very true. What sort of general care do they require? All right, as with any plant, it's the attention they receive at the time of planting, like good soil conditions, that then determines the ongoing care. So once you sort out, um, you know, the, the good growing conditions, generally it's just deadheading and light pruning from there on on. Okay, yeah. yep, not, not too hard. No. And can we find a good variety of perennial plants at our local nurseries or is it... Is it a, a, a mix of that and, and yeah, online look, shopping as well? You know, there's, there's, there's more and more nurseries, wholesale nurseries, which are the growers, mm. that are actually getting into perennial plants now because their popularity is becoming just so, you know, incredibly. Only popular. now? Yeah, no, just recently. Okay. So some, some larger growers are concentrating only on per- perennial plants and the example there would be Tavistock Nurseries. But then you've got other um, antique, uh, other growers like Antique Perennials, yeah. Frogmore Gardens, Woodbridge, yeah. Woodside, and there's many others. So if you, if you actually Google perennial plants, have a look at the flowers that you want and then see who's the grower. It's, and it's that yeah. easy. And they would um, be providing to retailers. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, just, I've just recently purchased a whole heap. Luckily, I can go through Tavistock, so I, I get, get, I've got a wholesale contact there. Um, it's all right for some. They supply other nurseries, you know, so there's, there's, there's always, if you've got something you want and you've got a local nursery, they can get it from, you know, the likes of the wholesale growers. But I've just had a delivery from Woodside Plants in New South Wales that have sent me down 15 beautiful perennials that are going to the front garden, um, and they were magnificently packaged, mm. um, the, probably the best packaging I've ever seen. And Woodside, can we can our listeners access? Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. So yeah. online shopping I mean, is not, pretty good. They're not cheap plants, but mm. they are good. Well worth it. Beautiful quality plants, start, for sure. Start off well. Yep. Okay, we better get on with it. Now for our list of 10, oh, sorry, top 10 perennials. Now as far as my list is concerned, if you've been listening to Muddy Boots for a while now, you'll know how much I love a flowering plant. So at the top of my list is the Hydrangea macrophylla or mophead, with its massive balls of beautiful blue, pink or white flowers right through from spring to autumn. They are such a thrill to see every year. Right now they are um, flourishing in our garden. With all the rain we've had, Mm. I can hardly see over the top of them they're so tall, but the flowers are absolutely beautiful yet again. Now they're, of course, closely followed on my list by the Quercifolia. Do I say that right? Quercifolia. And now the Munchkin as well, thanks to Keith, who has recently (laughs) introduced me to that variety. 
In fact, every hydrangea variety is, variety is at number one on my list. So, Keith's turn. Yeah, that's fine. Look, I've just put a whole heap of um, the hydrangea quercifolia um, in along the fence line, mm. and I've just gone through and taken all the flowers off those because I want now to put the effort into, you know, beefing itself up Growing. for a bit of growth. Yep. Um, but I have some hydrangeas up, up near the front door, uh, and I've just added lime a couple of years ago so they are now transitioning from from blues now into whites and now into pinks oh good lovely so i'm, I'm changing the colors on those great um but my number one um, perennial is actually a bulb oh and it's an allium oh yeah I oh yes absolutely adore aliums yes. for those incredible displays of of Colours, big balls of colours on long sticks. Yes, and and I the beaut- the beautiful thing about those is that once they once they've done all their their, their you know their their colour and all all the rest of it, we tend to cut them and hang them, dry them, and then we use them as, as dried floral arrangements inside. So I've got to say that my number one is alliums. Good, I agree with you on that one. Number two for me is the salvia. We've just been chatting about those. There are so many varieties of salvia to mention, so I'm going to choose. I think the one that is flowering most prolifically in my garden right now, and it's a tough one, that is the Salvia Mystic Spires. It is as tough as guts and flowers from November to April, and it just doesn't, well, barely stops. Absolutely. I agree with that. That's a great, great second choice. Um, I love the Salvia Mystic Spires. I've got those you know, growing in my, my front yard as well. But I also quite like the, the uh, Salvia Lucantha, which is the Mexican sage, yes. which is that the beautiful um, purple-coloured flowers. And that has two other ones that, that I quite like as well. Um, white velour, which is just a white version of, of, of the flower. And then, of course, there's pink velour, yes. which has got this beautiful soft pink tones. So, yes, number two for me has to be the salvias. Okay. Number three for me is Sedum Autumn Joy. Sedum or sedum, however sedum, you put it. Sedum, yep. What an amazing herbaceous perennial that is. For just a couple of weeks in winter, it dies back to nothing at all and then starts to sprout with green rosette-like foliage and broccoli-like flower heads appearing in spring. The flowers can change to a soft pink, or they start off really, or well, they go from green, green yeah. to green to soft pink and in summer and then begin to age to a coppery colour through autumn, dying off completely in winter to start again. Yeah, it's a great plant, and, and I can understand your particular love of that. Thank and you. I've just put 10 of those in my front garden. Of Beautiful. The, the, the sedum, the Beautiful autumn, choice. Yeah, autumn joy, so they're in. But for me, I like the Achilles. Yes. And my favourite of those in that group would be Moonshine, which is a, a really vibrant yellow, Terracotta, which is a terracotta colour. Mm-hmm. Then there's Cerise Queen, which is getting into the reddy pinks. Hella glass off, which is a very soft yellow. And then there's another one which is in the white form and it's called parchment. So that would be that would be my choices. They're gorgeous. And I have, unfortunately, have got some that are just, I keep thinking they're going to come up, they're going to, and then they've just got a bit too much shade. Yeah, possibly. And they're just saying, no, we're not coming up, which makes me a bit sad. But anyway, number four for me is both the foxglove or digitalis and the digiplexus, which is a cross between the digitalis and isoplexus canariensis. The foxglove is actually a biennial plant, but if you allow it to sell self-seed, it's with you forever. It yeah. just keeps on coming back. I love these plants for their tall flowers or brilliantly, oh sorry, tall flowers of brilliantly coloured blooms. It's hard to walk past them without stopping. A definite highlight in our garden at the moment. Yeah, I, I can see that. 
um, and and they are they're they're a they're a, a real standout in terms of their colours. Mm. And of course, the Digiplexus range they've got oh. some fabulous um, new varieties now. Mm. You know, from canary berry and all these sorts yep. of things. So yep. that, so they're they're really really in, you know in, increasing their, their range of colours. But for me, on the tall spiky things, I like Liatris spicata with its tall spires of beautiful purple flowers. Um, so that, that also is, it comes from a rhizome, so it's, it's growing up. But it's a beautiful, long, uh, vertical foil. Um, yeah, I just love it. Yeah, good. Glad you do. Number five is the hellebore. And the hellebore is another herbaceous perennial, although some leaves do remain on the plants throughout most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fabulous winter flowering plant, and there are a number of varieties. And the flowers slowly change colour as they age through to summer. And that's just, they really are, are a highlight for many gardens, I think, in winter. Oh, they are. They're fabulous. Yep. And, of course, there's such magnificent colours, you know. Mm. And, and I've seen them displayed where just in a bowl of water with the, the flowers. You just yes, pick them and just, yes, just we all like on, to try that. Yeah. And it's just a, a beautiful arrangement for the middle of a table. So, but for me, number five. Be, my, num- my number five is a plant called Cicerinchian striatum. I know that one. Hey? <laughs> You've introduced me to that yes, one this I have. year. And, and, and it's growing beautifully in my garden at the moment. And, and it, I have already cut off the first um, spikes of flowers and the second is on there now and then I've, then there's a third lot coming through again so I'll go back and prune all those off. Oh. But the, the striatum, Cicerinchium, the most popular is one called Devon Skies but, and that's only a, gets to about uh, about 10 centimetres high whereas striatum gets to Three probably times 40, 40, 50 mm. centimetres mm. high mm. Um, and they're just these beautiful creamy yellow flowers Messed up the stalks of the of the, the the stems, and it is just stunning. So that's what I have to do. Another thing I have to do in the garden is cut back my flowers to get some more. Get some more. So got... just be careful when you're doing it. Make sure you're cutting off the spent ones and not the new ones that look like spent ones. Because they do. They do, they yeah, close. They don't do. they, when it, the sun goes in, yep. and they open up again the next morning, or you know, that's right. whenever the sun comes yes. out. Amazing they are, amazing. Number six, and this is another favourite of mine, thanks to you, Keith. Mm. It is Geranium Roseanne. It is spreading its violet blue flowers so beautifully through the garden right now, and it is a fantastic choice, I think, for a ground cover. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, beautiful. Great, great choice, great plant. Um, it's a licensed plant, so any 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 um, nursery that's growing them has to pay a license fee because it, it is you know it's it's, it's been grown specifically by someone who has claimed that oh wow um, i haven't heard of that before my sister my sister down in tasmania absolutely adores it because she collects all the all the the, uh, the flowers and uses it to create a dye oh wow and that's my sister's name it's dye oh, is so, it really yes, there you go oh, well, no, but, but for me my number six is the echinacea, so oh, yeah. the cone flowers. Beautiful. And there's a whole range of, of colours in this. Um, you know, echinacea pallida is the the true echinacea. So that's that's you know that's the original, which is a beautiful pink colour. But then they've got purples, you've got whites, and now there's there's a whole new range that are coming out that are, are, are double coloured. You know, so, oh wow! Yeah, so I've got a few of those going there as well. So uh, for me, another another fabulous plant, and I love it because it's a bee magnet. Yeah. So the, the actual flower, when it when it opens up, is flat. Yeah. But by the time it's yes. finished, it's a cone. Yes. 
shape because the bees come, keep on coming back and, and it pollinates like the flowers the, as they move in and around. The little and then, yeah, flowers drop down. They drop down little... all the way down. Yeah. Um, and it's also fabulous for cutting and drying and then having a, you know, a certain Another dried flower. as well, oh. which we've got you know, in, in, inside. You'll have to show us some of these dried flower bunches. Yeah. I've seen them on your Instagram page. <laughs> um, number seven for me is the buddleia or butterfly bush. There are many varieties of this perennial as they can grow quite large. Mm. Uh, or and, no, not because of that, but they do quite grow quite large. So there is now a variety called buddleia buzz, which I have. This is a dwarf variety and is much easier to manage than I think these larger varieties are. These ones grow to about 1.5 to 2 metres and have beautiful cone-like flowers in a range of colours um, through spring and summer. And they are a magnet for the birds and the butterflies. Oh, absolutely. They're gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, um, and of course the, the, the buddleia grows from canes. Right. So there's long canes that come out and, and you, you generally need to cut those right back in order to get a good flush and, and to build up the strength of the plant. Mm. But my number seven is a rudbeckia. Yes, I just adore the the the, the Rudbeckia, and, and the one that I like to grow at home is one called um, Gold Goldsturm. 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 Sturm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and it, it, for, you know, for the amount of uh, flowering and, and uh, you know display that it gives, and it's that beautiful yeah. yellow with the black the, the black eyed you know yeah. bit in the middle. It's just stunning in the garden. It is gorgeous. It's a standout. And that's another one that I thought I'd killed, but it actually came back again there because you go. it's herbaceous. <laughs> Now, I can't go past good old lavender for number eight. Any variety is fine with me, but the Hidkit lavender grows well and flowers profusely. Mm-hmm. The bees love it, of course, and it's great on its own or as a hedge and loves a sunny spot. It does indeed. Yeah, so, so the Hidkit is, is a dwarf variety and yep. it's a very, very tight, compact form. Uh, as opposed to, say, the French variety, which is um, a, it's called a Lavendula dentata because the, the leaves have got these little dentates all the yeah, way along. Yep. And that's an open, scraggly plant, you know. So the, in, the English forms of, of Angustifolia, of which the Hidkid is part of, uh, is just superb. More formal. Yeah, more formal, yeah, and, and it's got the greatest perfume of, of all of them. But my, yes. my one, my number eight, is Helenium, and it's Dunkel Pract. Can't say um, that. And, and it's it's another another one of these plants that looks a little bit like a coneflower or a little bit like a rudbeckia. Mm. But this has got a this one has this beautiful red colour to it, reddy orangey colour to it. And of course, I've had to get those in the garden. I was because, going to say, Leslie will be happy with that one. Les, Leslie <laughs> demands some demands some more reds and colours in the garden. So there you are. That's my number eight, Helenium. Fantastic. Number nine, we're nearly there. Number nine for me is Stachys byzantina, which is also known as lamb's ears. The silver colour of the foliage, which is velvet to touch, is such a great contrast to the other mostly darker foliage in the garden. Mm-hmm. And it's a great plant to use where there's a gap. So I wait, And it's so easy to just yeah. pick a bit up from one area and just pull it out carefully and pop it into another. And so it really it will fill that gap so quickly. Spikes of pink flowers also appear in late spring to add an extra touch of interest. But I, I love it just as, you know, without the flowers. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Well, I, have, I agree with you. It's, it's a great plant. It's, it's a real weed smothering plant. Yes, you have to do. Have to. I'm constantly got the secateurs out. Yes, yeah. um, it's a weed smotherer, so that that you know that really protects it protects its own space, and it's a beautiful plant for for actually young children to touch. Yes, you know, be, be the common name, of course, she said is lamb's ears, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, little baby lamb's ears. It's yes. a beautiful soft, uh, you know, Velvety. fuzzy sort of thing. Yeah, but I've gone for a taller plant, 
as, as my number nine, mm. and I'm going for a plant called Scabiosa. Yes. And the variety that I particularly like of that is one called Midnight, which is a, a deep burgundy, dark, really dark, dark yes. burgundy red colour um, with little little tiny white stamens coming out of it. And, 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 and the size of the flowers on, on midnight can be, you know, golf ball size, you know, when they're mm. growing really, really well mm. and they're getting lots of, lots of good food. So that, for me, that's my number nine, Scabiosa. Okie dokes. Ah, my lucky number ten. I have to include two of my favourite perennial trees, the crepe myrtle and the lilac, two gorgeous flowering trees. Mm-hmm. Couldn't miss out on a tree or two, so that's mine. And I love them both. Good. I've got uh, a beautiful... Um, lilac that's growing around near the bees. Oh, have um, you? Yeah. And, and we we will always go out there and, and cut the flowers off and bring them into the house mm. just for their perfume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, That particular variety is a beautiful deep purple. Um, and of course the crepe myrtle, Lagostromeria indica. And I have we have we've got about I think about eight or nine in the front yard, uh, which I cut back incredibly hard to get the beautiful flowers in the middle of summer. Uh, and of course, it's a beautiful white variety. But the the, the bonus with this particular plant is is also the bark. It has oh, such no. a stunning bark. Yes, in autumn. Yes, so winter. I've got to I've got to agree with you. I, I love them both. Yes, and so. I think they're a beautiful choice for uh, your number ten. We're on the same wavelength, Absolutely. aren't we? What's your number ten? That's it. Oh, you. Oh, so you're, that's go, your I'm, ten as well. I'm going to go with you with the, okay. with the crepe myrtle no. and the lilac. Cool. There are so many more, but we've got to stop. Actually, mm-hmm. I think I got to about eleven or twelve, <laughs> but oh, you probably did too. So, as you can see, there is such an enormous variety of perennial plants to choose from. If you're looking for ways to create a garden that flourishes year-round, and these are the plants for you. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.